0: So we heard that God has not forgot and that there is a vast supply, right? So I I think we hear what God is saying this morning. So obviously, maybe God is saying that we have a sense in us that there is a need. There is an unmet need. There is the idea that maybe God has forgot, Maybe the long-lost dreams and the long-lost prayers and the long-lost thoughts or whatever, maybe you came in this morning feeling that God's never going to answer them, that God has forgotten. But he's saying, no, he hasn't forgotten, and that there is a vast supply. So how do we get it? How do we get that vast supply? Right? And it's, and there's absolutely nothing easy about it. There's nothing easy about walking in the faith. There's nothing easy about following Jesus. There's nothing easy about having faith. Faith, by its very definition, is not knowing, it's believing. Knowing something is, uh, you know, we, we, believe that there's a China over there because we've had all kinds of uh, proof that it's there. But we really don't know that until we've actually put our feet on China, right? And there's a lot in our spiritual walks that we believe, but sometimes we get hungry for empirical evidence. We get hungry for the knowing. And it's always a great struggle, and God is saying this morning, he's not forgot, and that there is a vast supply, and that though we may think God has somehow given up on something or that something is just never going to happen, he's saying the exact opposite this morning. I have not forgot. How many does that, does anyone here that, that resonate with them? Is, does that mean anything to you this morning? You know, God has not forgot. God has not forgot. Which is? Mm. Yes, it's that same thing of going back and seeking God and believing God and not going by what you see by, but by what you believe based on what you know about God. It's really beautiful, you know, that uh, even in the midst of his completely losing everything and being at rock bottom, God doesn't leave. Uh, Once once we start judging God in our life by the way we feel or by the experiences that we're having, you'll lose your faith immediately. (laughs) I mean, because the world is just a rough place. Most of us are living very challenging lives are living under very challenging situations. And and hey, we got the best of her over here in Canada. Yeah. So if we're about to judge God in our life by the circumstances of our life, then the whole Chinese church might as well give up. Or the church in Syria or the church anywhere that's not suffering or is not living the, the luxury that we're living over here. So... We cannot judge God in our life by the circumstances of our life. Actually, if we look at the New Testament, actually says that we should expect difficulties. But in the middle of those difficulties, God has not forgot. God has not forgotten. And there still is a vast supply. So each of us walked in here this morning with whatever we had. I don't know what you walked in with. I know what I walked in with and what happened and just Sundays. But the fact is, how many at the end of that song felt the presence of God? That whispering song. What's it called, Reg? God is uh, the last one. Whisper Jesus. Did you feel God come in the room? Did you feel that? So regardless of what kind of week we had, God still came in the room. And this is what Jerry's talking about when God says to him that there is a vast supply. We just have to make sure we're in the place that we receive it. I will always pound church. I will always pound the necessity, the absolute necessity for church. Because you will not get what you got here this morning at the superstore looking at cabbage. You just won't. Or in Walmart looking at the latest sale item. It's just not going to happen. And it may not even happen sitting at home watching some televangelist from Atlanta. God plants you in places. And he plants you in a place so that you can be nourished through that place. But if we keep on saying and going to another place, then there's going to be a problem. But God is so wonderful this morning because he's saying there is a vast supply Yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, what, how was Paul thinking that God was with him in the middle of one of three shipwrecks? Yeah. Beaten how many times? 30 lashes. Minus one. Imprisoned. And, and then he lists all the stuff that he went through. I guess what God is saying this morning is don't judge his presence in your life by the circumstances of your life. You might be struggling with all kinds of crazy things, but God is saying this morning that he is in the middle of it with you and he is not forgot. So this gives us the right and the opportunity to believe very big things. When we find out and discover that it's not based on our circumstances, then we can say, okay, the ceiling is the limit, Right? Anything can happen. I was reading, um, and it's funny, I, I wasn't going to use it, but when Reg went into that song about God is not forgot, Psalm 42, as a deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God, not just some religious God, but the living God. The God that is alive in your life and alive in my life. God is actually doing something. One of the worst things we could do is be here this morning out of some religious duty that this is what we need to do to get saved or something or go to heaven. What a terrible thing. The reason we gather is so that we can have an encounter with Jesus, so that we can have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, even if it's something like after that song this morning, just being able to sense the presence of God that that real presence, that God is not for God. He's still with us. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? That's what David wanted to do. He wanted to meet with God. I don't want to meet with a religion. I want to meet with God. And in order for us to meet with God, we have to be open to allow him to speak and to be in our life. And one of the ways that happens, of course, is church. My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the hosts of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. How many look back at what church used to be? Oh, we had such great times back then. Oh, God was really present then. Life was always better back then for some reason. Did you ever notice that? <laughs> yeah. Yet when you were back then, you were thinking about the times before then that were better than what you were in. No, this is, this is God's day. God is as much here now as he was at any time of your life. And the presence and the manifestation of that, that's all up to God the way he wants to do it. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. That you put your hope. Hope in what? Hope in the fact that God is actually alive, that that stream that Jerry was talking about is actually real, that God is not forgotten. That kind of hope is something that the world can't take away, that old adage that the world never gave it to me and the world can't take it away. What we have in Christ is this hope that God is going to do something. He's going to say something. He's going to guide. And have any of us ever not experienced that if we've stuck around long enough? Most people cash their spiritual chips in when it gets rough and they miss the opportunity to see what God will do. For I will yet praise him. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you. What a statement! What's so crazy about this is this is David saying that his soul is downcast. That gives us permission in the Christian experience to have times and seasons where our soul is downcast. And you have not somehow lost your standing with God. Somehow God has not left you. That that has no indication whatsoever. It is the human condition. Remember, we are spiritual beings having a human experience. So we are going to be uh, subjected to the things of the human experience, and one of them is being downcast. We live in a time of tremendous emotional, mental, psychological challenges. By far, the majority of disorders within our society are mental. And the reason for that is because everything around us is shaking. Everything around us is no longer for sure. The economy is not for sure. The environment is not for sure. We're seeing great spiritual leaders fall like crazy. We're seeing a lot of the institutions that we trusted in and that we believed in are starting to fall. We're starting to realize that maybe democracy is not the answer and going to bring eternal peace. We're starting to realize that the institutions are medical and legal and all of these things, all these man-made things. They are not what we put our trust in. And when we do and even sometimes when we don't, just the effect of living in this causes our soul to be downcast. Then, of course, there is the other clinical situation of depression or kind of mental disorder that happens, and many of us in this church are familiar with that. And that's something else altogether, and that's even more compounding and more difficult, and the church really has to come around to accept that that is a reality. My soul is downcast within me, therefore I will remember you. So David is giving us the answer. I will remember you. And that's what we were doing this morning. We take three songs or whatever it is, and the ten minutes before... And we come in and we remember God. And we need to do it at the bus stop. We need to do it standing at the cash register at Walmart. We need to do it when we're standing at the sink doing dishes. We need to do it when we lay our head at night. Because that is what is going to bring us back from our brinks of giving up. From the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mazar, deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. He's having a hard day. By day, the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Now, this is prophetic, you understand, right? This is one of those mysterious times in Scripture where he's talking about the present, but also talking about Jesus when he's prophesying. Because this is what Jesus said, Father, why have you forsaken me? Why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer moral agony, and my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, Where is your God? How many times have we had that whispered in our ears? So where is God? The world says it all the time to us. So where is your God? Look at this. What kind of God would allow this to happen and that to happen? Well, trust me, it's not God's will for any of that to happen. It is our will for that to happen because we're the ones who let it happen. Right. We have a, a, the whole world down in Chile right now, trying to figure out the environmental carbon limits for all the lar- all the countries around the world. It's like the Keystone Cops. How many know who the Keystone Cops are? It was a silent movie. Years ago, where they'd show all these cops running around, they're bouncing into each other and tripping and falling, and they're down there, and they cannot come to consensus. They've got all of these fights going on. They're arguing with each other. I'm telling you, man is not the answer. Because when the chips really get down, like they are right now in our world, we're seeing that man does not have the answers. He really doesn't. But where is your God? God. God is here. God is here for Cindy Lou's cousin. Cousin. God was there for him. That's where God is. He's right in the middle of your mess. He's right in the middle of my mess. He's waiting for us to come to that point. And I don't know what it takes, to be honest. In everybody's different. I don't know what it takes for us to get to a point where we say, Okay, God, you take the reins. You take the wheel, Jesus. I don't know. It's different with every person. But he found it at his very rock bottom, and God was there waiting all along. And God is waiting for you, too. Whatever your situation, whatever the challenge, whatever that thing that you maybe just can't see over or whatever it might be, God is saying, I'm right here in the middle of it. It may be a broken relationship. It may be an illness, it may be a loss, it may be a fear, it may be a challenge. But God is saying, I am right in the middle of it with you. I have not forgotten you. I have not forgotten my destiny for you. I have an infinite supply that flows, and it will always be there for you as long as you're there to receive it. That's what he's saying this morning. It's tremendous, tremendous encouragement this morning that God is saying, where is God? He's right here with you. He's right in the middle. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. That is, David is giving us the the cheating notes on how to survive difficulties in our walk and how to look down the road, and maybe sometimes we get discouraged, And maybe we look at our life and we get discouraged because things aren't where we'd like them to be and maybe not where they should be. But God is still in it with us. And he has not forgotten what he's going to do in your life. It's an amazing thing to think that God has an absolute plan for your life as an individual. It's not like we're just flying through space. You know, oh boy, uh, something good happened today. That was luck. Uh, oh something ha- No, Our life is very, very fine-tuned by God. How it all works, I don't know. How our free will to make decisions intersects with God's sovereignty? I don't know. I'm reading a lot now about it. There's much, much dispute in the Christian theological circles about whether or not God knows or how He controls things. Does He control our decisions? Does he not? It's a very deep and a very aggravating conversation, actually. I just know that God is here today. And how many feel that they need God today? You need God today. So, Father, we just come to you this morning. And, Father, right now, as we uh, sit here this morning, Father God, we just bring to you those things that maybe are challenges, and we bring those things that maybe we feel that you have forgotten. Or maybe, Father God, we've forgotten. But Father, we just give our life to you this morning, and we trust that you are here in the middle of it. And Father God, whether it's a good day, a bad day, an easy day, a hard day, Father, we are trusting you because, Lord, you have not forgotten, and you will finish what you have begun in us in Christ Jesus, as your scripture says. But Father, it is your destined purpose that we would be deeply involved with you, and that, Father, you would be our father, we would be your child, and we would have an intimate relationship with you because you love us this morning, you are here with us, and, Father, you are going to move mountains. You are going to move mountains. So, Father, right now we just put the mountain in front of you. We put that situation in front of you. We lift it up to the almighty God who is able to do all things more than we could even imagine. And Father, we just release these to you. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God is... You can't beat those two things. In that there is nothing more powerful than a being in a situation of weakness and still praising God. When you don't understand, you don't know why, you don't know how, but you trust that somehow God does know... He does know what is right. He does have a plan, and you're not floating aimlessly on the sea. We have to get so embedded in that reality. We absolutely have to, that God is not some bystander to our life. He is deeply, deeply involved in our life, and if you've accepted Christ into your life, he's actually inside of you. Um, And that's, they say, well, how do we know that? One of the simple ways, you don't like sinning. We all do it and we feel like dirt afterwards, whether it's saying the wrong thing, doing the wrong thing, looking at the wrong thing, thinking the wrong thing. All of a sudden, we just have this terrible sense of failure for this. Where'd that come from? That's the spirit of Christ within us saying, you know what, you've you've been made for better things. I still love you. The blood of Jesus has covered every sin, but let's work on going a little bit past that. Let's raise the bar a little bit. And this is the work of the Holy Spirit in our life, bringing sanctification. So The Bible talks about sanctification. And when we hear and read in Scripture about somebody having a pure heart, and we get all condemned about that because we think we don't have a pure heart, David had a pure heart. But yet look at him. Look at all the stuff that David did and all the times that he, he went through and the sin that was found in his life. A pure heart is simply a heart that strives after what should be and could be. That's all it is. We're not going to be perfect. It's just not going to happen. It's just that we don't accept it. And we keep working towards it. Not with some whip at our back, but because God is calling us to something more and something better. So God's amazing. We can't lose with God. We just can't. We can't. Like we just can't. Right, Agnes. Things have to be believed because very often those scriptures precede it happening. (laughs) So we have to believe it. We may not know it. We have to believe it. And this is the whole walk of faith. This is one of the things, like I said at the beginning, that makes Christianity a very, very uh, challenging thing at times because we are called to walk by faith and trust. Not by empirical evidence or knowing for sure. There's always that doubt. There's always that maybe. It might not. Maybe, and it keeps us doing what? Seeking God. It keeps us seeking God. But it's beautiful to note, Cindy. I mean, we can't. No. No. I. I mean, it. It's an amazing thing. You and I are very unique beasts in the sense that each of us have a different boiling point. We have a different point at which we get it, like we said earlier. And uh, most people that I know, celebrities and other people, who have gone through really tough stuff, like lost a child or had some horrible brush with death or has some condition uh, that is chronic and it's not going away. When you talk to them, there is such beauty that comes from that, when we surrender to it and h- allow God to speak through it and in it, it always brings us to a place of awareness. Michael J. Fox, I said it to you guys before, he's an actor, um, very famous actor. He got um, Parkinson's. He has it very bad. I saw an interview with him two years ago, and he, it's really bad. Like, he's, he can't work anymore and the shaking and the stuff. And they said, if you had it to do over again, would you uh, take... Parkinson's. He said, yes, absolutely. He said, because it has taught me things about myself that I would never have learned any other way. Now, like that is not good news. You know what I mean? Um, But it is good news. That in the difficulties, and if we're being drugged through the bottom rung of our life, it's because God is showing us something. It's not because he has surrendered us to doom. It's because he's showing us something. He's teaching us something. We could come to church and have a la-la time and everyone fall down and shake and do whatever we want to do and have a la-la time. And I don't, I don't mock that because there's times when that is valid. It's happened to me. You were here one night. It happened to me. So I'm, I realize the validity of that. But when you demand that all the time, then we are missing great, great opportunities for God to teach us stuff. If we will not, in the midst of the struggle, stop and remember God. And remember that he is in this and somehow he's speaking in this and somehow there's something good that's going to come out of it. We are more than conquerors. That means we're going to come out of the situation with far more than we went in. So don't be be upset too much about setbacks and about struggles and about those things that we need to uh, walk with because God is in them. He's in them. And that takes faith, right? It takes faith. God, is anyone else hearing anything? God's obviously teaching us something this morning. How many feel this is speaking to them? Or are we just rambling on ad nauseum? It's saying something? Uh, God is, is speaking. Father, we thank you for what you're saying. We thank you for your presence here this morning. We thank you, Father God, that you are reminding us and that you are encouraging us and that, Father God, we know we are living in, as far as we could tell, the end times based on scriptural definitions of what it's going to look like, Father. We can't be too far away. But, Father, either way, whether you come tomorrow or a thousand years from now, Father, we just lift up the name of Jesus Christ this morning and we, Father God, remember you And we remember that you are with us and that, Father God, we are more than conquerors through what Christ has done for us in bringing us into relationship with you. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.